I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. I've decided I need someone to invent a cruise ship bed that moves like a ship moves, you know? Mm, Yes, but complete with the ocean breeze blowing in through the door. Yes, Exactly that. Do we know an engineer? (laughs) Breeze in motion. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to reflect back on our 20 years of working together, because guess what? We're finally taking our 20th anniversary celebration trip. It's also a work trip, but we've decided it counts. Yes, we're going to talk about some of our best and worst moments in our career so far, what we've learned, our favorite adventures. It's going to be most of the episode, in fact. We're very excited for all the reminiscing. Yes, we are. And this week's Hollywood Hack will make your tropical vacation better. But first, we have an update, our weekly update, Sarah. We have to remind everyone to watch Fantasy Island Season 2 on Mondays on Fox, 8 o'clock, 7 Central, next day on Hulu. Yes, Episode 4 just aired. It's the most fun episode, written by our friend Corrine Rosenthal and starring Lynn Whitfield, Brett Butler, and Daphne Reed. And, Sarah, our 300th episode is coming up in two weeks. We're going to revisit some of our favorite episodes and some of our favorite ideas. So please let us know what has stuck with you. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com or post a comment in our Facebook group. And we also wanted to thank our listeners for all of the thriller recommendations. We are having the best time listening and reading all of these books. I'm currently listening to Force of Nature, which multiple people recommended. I just finished Killers of a Certain Age, which also multiple people recommended. These are some really, really fun, good books. Yes, and I've bookmarked several on Libby, Sarah, and I'm waiting for them to arrive. I'm still listening to Intensity by Dean Koontz, which is <laughs> starting to give me nightmares. 
hours. Oh, God. And now let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's what we've learned in our 20 years in the TV business. Yeah, so why are we talking about this now? Because we are finally taking our 20th anniversary trip. We've been planning on doing this for, well, since before the pandemic, basically. We had a trip booked, and then the pandemic hit, and we had to cancel it. But now it's happening. We are officially celebrating 20 years this week. Yeah. Even though it's been more than 20 years now, we're celebrating our 20 years. Yes. Oh, la, 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 la. And <laughs> we are on a cruise in the Bahamas and the Caribbean. Um, it also is a research trip. We can't talk exactly about what we are researching, but we're doing a project with Princess Cruises that we should say is not the love boat. But we're very excited about it because we get to see behind the scenes. We get to talk to the captain. We get to see the galley and the crew bar. All kinds of fun stuff that we wouldn't see normally if we were just passengers on a cruise. Yeah, and we get to do all the fun stuff like go on excursions. And I mean, I've never slept better than in my cabin on this ship. It's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. It is. You and I have been taking naps, opening the door, having the breeze come in, Ugh. the soft rocking of the boat, the comfortable bed. We have. I have been having the best naps and the best sleep, but I the naps are my favorite. Yes, naps are so special these days. I love them. And it's interesting because let's just admit, Liz, this is much better than any trip we would have planned on our own. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You and I had a weekend in Vegas we were going to see a show, uh, but nothing like seven days in the Caribbean. This worked out very well. <laughs> yes, it did. Okay, Sarah, let's talk about these last 20 years in TV. Oh, boy. All right. So we thought we would start with the top three things that we've learned. And the first one is that it's usually not personal for good or bad. Right. So if somebody doesn't want your show, it's really nothing personal. Or if they don't buy a pitch or if they don't hire you on a staff, it's really not personal. It's just what works for them in the moment for their network or their show or their studio. Now, this also, though, is kind of a bummer because, you know, we always talk about fostering relationships, and now I think we have many great relationships, but it's also true that nobody's going to hire you just because you have a good relationship. Right, and nobody's going to pick up your show just because you have a good relationship. The it's not personal really goes both ways. Yes, it's a business. Yeah. And then the second thing is that we have to take care of ourselves because the business is not set up to take care of us or of you, listeners. Especially now, everyone is just being driven as hard as they can be driven and to do as much free work as they will do, to work as many hours as they will work for as little as possible. We do know people who have literally landed in the hospital with life-threatening um, problems after, you know, working a season on a show. We know people who've gotten in car accidents driving home because they're exhausted working on a show. So for us and for everybody listening, you really do have to take care of yourself because, you know, ultimately— 
your health has to come first. Yes. And as you said, it, it's not personal in this way either. That It's just not a consideration whether you right. are healthy and happy and, you know, having a good time of the day to exercise or sleep or any of those yeah. things. Like, I, no one cares that I want to go on a hike. <laughs> like, right. You know, or see my right. child. <laughs> Exactly. Nobody cares. So we have to decide what has to fit into our day and make it fit. Absolutely. No one is going to hold our hand and say, hey, don't work past six o'clock. Yes. Or even don't work 22 hours a day. Right. No. (laughs) They're cool with that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then the third biggest thing we've learned is that the war of attrition never ends. So you really just have to keep the faith. Yes, I think this is the biggest one for me. When we started out, I thought there would come a time when it's just you're established and you're working and you're just going to keep working until you retire and that the war of attrition really only applied to breaking into the business. Yeah. But the fact is, it just continues. Every year, it's almost like, you know, we're all just like starting anew and having to knock on more doors. Um, And obviously, it's easier for us at our the point in our career that it was when we were breaking in, I mean, a lot easier, but it never ends. People are constantly getting washed out. You have to keep fighting for the next gig, the next opportunity. And because of that, you need to just have the faith that it will be around the corner. Yes. And that the next time you get kicked in the teeth, as you will, you will just stand right back up again and keep going. And you and I have done that many times. And we know that if it comes down to it and we have to start from scratch at any given time, we will just start from scratch. Now, we might moan and groan and be sad for a few days, but then your word of the year, Sarah Phoenix... Phoenix. (laughs) We shall rise from the ashes and go forth yet again. And the thing is, because we have to have faith that we have, we've done good work, we've made good relationships, we've always shown up with 100%, and that that will pay off and lead to the next opportunity. And hope that we're right when we we hang on to that faith. We're right until we're not. That's true. And we're certainly not leaving, so might as well stick with it. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about some of the best and worst things that have happened in our career. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. 
Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so Liz, we also thought we would talk about the best and the worst, our best times and our worst times. Let's start with the best times because I feel like our lessons were kind of a downer. (laughs) I know. It's a hard time in this business, let's be honest. It truly is, yes. Okay, well, the first best thing is the timing of each of us having our children, So it's such a stressor among women in Hollywood of when to have kids, how to handle having kids. You need to take time off, but you don't want to take time off. It's a whole thing. And you and I got lucky in that we both got pregnant and had our kids at a time when we were able to take time off, especially me. It was even better for me than it was for you. We were at the end of an overall deal at 20th and about to go into a new overall deal. And sort of in between that time, I was able to have Jack and really focus on him. And you finished out our time on Lie to Me on your own. Yes. And then when I had Violet, we were working on 666 Park. And I think we started that job when I was like two weeks from giving birth. (laughs) Yes. And it worked out perfectly because I was just like, okay, now I'm not coming in anymore. And then I didn't come in anymore. (laughs) And you like basically did that whole job. And I was at home, but working on a pilot. But it was so like we we did the selection pilot at that time. The second one? Yes. Was it? Yes, the second. And it was so perfect because I could just be at home and take care of Violet. And I had a whiteboard in my living room. And it was so chill. And it worked out perfectly. So, yeah, that was huge for both of us. Yeah, that we really and I mean, look, that's an advantage of being a team is that we we had the ability for one of us to be working when one was home. Obviously, you can't do that if you're not part of a team. Another highlight, Sarah, our collaboration with Marsha Clark, the uh, famous Los Angeles prosecutor. We met Marsha through Lori Zacks, um, our good friend, and we did one pilot together script, which didn't go. And then we had another idea, which the three of us created together, and that went called The Fix on ABC. It only lasted one season, but Marsha And us, we just like fell together just so naturally as collaborators. And we had admired her for so long. It was just so much fun to work together. Yeah, I felt like every conversation the three of us had made the ideas better and made the work better. Yes. And the show really turned out incredibly well. I don't know if you can watch it on Hulu 
I forget where you can watch it, but if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it because they asked us for it to be a bullet train, (laughs) and it really is a bullet train. It moves really fast, tons of like big twists and turns, a very satisfying ending, really does play as kind of just a miniseries. Plus, it's just, it was so fun to work with an incredibly smart, confident, awesome Women like Marsha is just so amazing. Every day I felt like I was learning something from her, and just it was just great to be in her presence. Yes. And then Liz, of course, The Shield. Now, this is uh, it was the biggest kind of break of our career, I would say. You obviously met Adam there, which yes. was huge. It was a really hard job, but it was so fun. Yeah, well, and it was so critically acclaimed. It was really fun to be on a show that was groundbreaking, critically acclaimed. It really made FX as a network, so it was a really Mm. important show to the network. Um, It kind of really was on the forefront of the whole anti-hero movement uh, in television that went on for quite a long time and I guess is still going on. And we really loved um, our boss, Sean Ryan, and still have a great relationship with him. So, yeah, but it was very, very hard. It was earlier in our career, so we had, like, more of a stomach for hours and hours and hours um, of being somewhere. Yes, and I think that was also, you know, we worked with such a wonderful cast on that show, and Michael Chiklis had had the commish, and then there was kind of a break, I think, in his career, and then not like a break break, but he hadn't had like a lead TV role until The Shield. And he was so conscious of how rare it is to have such a special project and group of people and just something that really, really works. That awareness, I think, was also really good for us to hear at that point in our career to just say, okay, wow, this is special and we need to pause and appreciate it. And this is what we're trying to work for. Yes. And he is the one who kept saying, TV is lightning in a bottle. If you have lightning in a bottle, you just have to keep it going. Keep it going. And that's, you know, where my lightning personal symbol came from is that TV is lightning in a bottle. Um, but he's the first person who said that to us. Yes. And then I would say that brings us right to season two of Fantasy Island, which I think is lightning in a bottle. <laughs> yes, absolute lightning in a bottle. That The creative of Fantasy Island season two is such a huge highlight. And we've talked about this before, but both with the scripts, with our cast, our guest cast, the production, working with so many great directors. We, you know, have great relationships with our all of the executives. I mean, it just, everything came together to create just a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's a season of TV we are very proud of. Yeah. And let's hope we get another season of Fantasy Island that we can be yes. very proud of. <laughs> yes, let's hope season three is even better. Let's hope there is a season three and that it's even better than season two. I like it. Okay, Liz, you want to talk about the worst? (laughs) Yes. I guess we're picking two moments here. Yes. Two worst moments. We have a lot we could choose from, but these two really (laughs) stand out. First, you know, has to be getting fired from Women's Murder Club, which was the first show we got on the air. It was based on a series of books by James Patterson. Um, It was for ABC, and 
after, well, Sarah, do you want to explain what happened? Oh, I mean, there are so many things. But the the main was that we went on strike for, I don't, I mean, was it three months or four months? It was a while. I think about three months. Yeah, so the Writers Guild went on strike, and James Patterson spent that time lobbying the studio network, we're not exactly sure, to get rid of us because he didn't like the show, even though everyone else did, and our ratings were really good. So the strike ended. We were, like, literally making plans to go to the Polo Lounge to catch up with Angie Harmon, who was the lead of the show, and then we get a call from our agent, Matt Solo, at the time, who was wonderful and lovely and also informed us that they were going to, what was it, move on without us, Liz? (laughs) Yes, that's the quote. They're never, you're never getting fired. They're just moving on without you. And I yes. just couldn't comprehend. I'm like, and I kept saying, well, I don't want to tell the other writers because they're probably going to change their mind on this. And then we're going to have to call everyone back. And he's like, no, Liz, they're not changing their minds. You can tell, yeah. let the writers know that you will not be back. And we had like an hour-long phone call during which I got just completely plastered. I had a bottle yeah. of vodka in the freezer and I just like finished it off as we're talking to Matt. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, you know, they brought in somebody else, and that person finished the season. It was an odd situation because of the strike. You know, we had done a certain number of episodes, and then they had three more to do. Had the strike not happened, uh, we don't think, you know, this would have gone down, obviously, the way it did. But... Uh, We are still stinging from that experience. Yes, that's one we will be smarting from, I think, like literally when we're like in a retirement home talking to our great-grandchildren. We'll be like, and then! (laughs) Yes, and just, Sarah, (laughs) let the record show we were doing a great job. Yes, we were. That is true. That's why it was so upsetting, because we were doing a really good job. (laughs) It was totally not fair. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, and then the second thing. Oh, my. This one I just heard about. I was not there for it. No, but you experienced the effect of it, but not the the horrible moment. Yes. So you and I had a pilot called The Selection, which was, it's kind of, let's say, The Bachelor meets Hunger Games, and based on a a very popular young adult novel. um, We actually did the pilot, the actual pilot itself, twice, and... I was at work at 666. This is when you had had Violet. You were home with Violet. Mm -hmm. And an article came up on Deadline that CBS Paramount was developing a show called Rain for CW. And we were developing the selection for Warner Brothers for the CW. And Rain had kind of a similar feel to the selection when I read the description And the minute I read it, I was convinced that we were dead in the water. Didn't matter what happened. We were dead in the water because of sort of the way things shake out between the Warner Brothers and CBS Paramount, both having to give CW a certain number of shows. The math was not in our favor. And... I went into the 666 writer's room. We're working, and then somebody says, Liz, did you see that CW bought that show Rain? (laughs) Do you think that impacts you at all? And I burst into tears, started (laughs) sobbing in the writer's room. 
Like, I ran out of the room, of course, and I was chased down by writers apologizing. I'm like, no, you have nothing to be sorry (laughs) for. Just I know the show's not going to go now. I know we're dead in the water. And everyone kept insisting we weren't, but we, you and I knew we were. Yeah. But yeah, we went through the whole thing of making the whole pilot and hungry. Yes, we still spent months in Hungary, me with a baby. (laughs) Which I, you know, which I'm glad we did, by the way. Yes. But it was just this notion of spinning your wheels, but knowing it's not going to go anywhere, but like still holding out hope, but knowing you're sort of foolish to hold out hope. It's just a hard place to exist. And we existed there for a really long time. Yes. Yes, we did. And it was a great show, and we had a great cast. I mean, so many of our cast have gone on just to work all the time. So that was a bummer. That was a bummer. But speaking of places we've been, one of the things we did in preparation for this was talk about all of the places we have worked. Dude, it is a long list. Yes. Did I just say dude? I never say dude. (laughs) Well, yes. Bro. Okay. So, bro. <laughs> Sunset Gower. And this is not in order because it was just like, blah. Okay. Sunset Gower. We worked at a studio in Santa Monica that neither of us can remember the name of. It's where the Angel Writers Room was and Buffy shot there. Okay. And then Prospect Studios, Hollywood Production Center, LA Center Studios. An office building across from the WB lot when we had a deal at Warner Brothers. The Fox lot, the Disney lot, Paramount, this random building on Sunset is where 666 Park was. Raleigh Studios, and then Sunset Plaza, which was where our, what, our second writer's room was on a show, Glory Days, that we did with Kevin Williamson. Yes. That's a lot. And then, Sarah, we have our favorite work getaway places, which are the Ojai Valley Inn and then now the Emerald Iguana in Ojai. So Ojai is our workplace. And I don't think it's a coincidence you ended up there. We've had a lot of nice times there. Yes. Yes, indeed. And speaking of nice times, we also wanted to look back on some of our favorite moments from our career, just quick little snapshots that we wanted to share. And one of our favorites is shooting under the Golden Gate Bridge on the Women's Murder Club pilot. I think one of the things that we both really love about this career and this job is that you just end up places that you would never in a million years go if we weren't doing this. Like, I would not have been at midnight under the Golden Gate Bridge. Very cold. It was very, very cold. But it was so cool. Yes. And then another moment is like it was 3 a.m. in the woods in Hungary. We've got like mud up to our knees. And we're in this old RV they had rented for us, drinking mold wine, wearing these crazy animal hats <laughs> one of the actors had given us. And you looked at me and you said, we must enjoy this because we just keep doing it. <laughs> and I always remember that when we're in a dark time. I always remember you saying, well, we must enjoy this because we just keep doing it. Yes. Oh, my God. And then, I mean, we were in Puerto Rico for Four months, you know, three months, and then we left, and then we came back, and then we were back for season two. We have spent a lot of time in Puerto Rico, which, again, it's so beautiful, hot as hell, and so fun. 
I would yeah. never have done that. No, there are many moments in there that we a bazillion um, great moments. Yeah, yes. many of them in the rainforest. <laughs> and then Sarah, something we always remember is eating the amazing nachos at the bar at the Sutton Place in Vancouver. If you're ever in Vancouver, the Sutton Place nachos highly recommend. Also, good martinis. Yes, and the Sutton Place is kind of where everybody stays when they're shooting pilots and stuff. It's just like the place you go. I I remember the first time I walked into the Sutton Place, Nicole Yorkin, who is a TV writer, yes. who we know, was standing at the front desk. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what they say about the Sutton Place is true. Speaking of the Sutton Place, Sarah, we had a moment there with Mark Poznarski, who's a director. He directed the uh, pilot of the original uh, Gossip Girl for just a piece of trivia. And he was doing our first selection pilot. And we, the three of us, for some reason, were interviewing a makeup oh. head of department in in the lobby of the Sutton Place. And we were so tired at this point, the three of us got the giggles. And I mean, we giggled for like 25 (laughs) minutes. It was one of the most odd experiences of my life. And we felt so bad for the person we were interviewing, but the three of us could not stop. No, and then one would stop and somebody else would start it. I mean, it was, oh my God, it was great. Yeah, I certainly I you giggle know. like that again. I mean, it was oh. so fun. <laughs> Speaking of giggling. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So this I actually can't tell this whole story because if I do, I will laugh until I cry and I won't be able to stop. But on our very first primetime job, we worked with Adam Goldberg, who created the show The Goldbergs. And he would tell stories about his family, who he then wrote about in The Goldbergs. And, I mean, they were hilarious. He is so funny. And he told one story. <laughs> oh, no. Liz, you go. <laughs> yes, Sarah. It was a story about his brother scaring him and him sort of showing us how his reaction. Uh, and he couldn't get anything out. So he was like, and the way he told the story, we just died laughing. And it is not a surprise that the stories from his childhood went on to become like one of the most successful sitcoms in history because we would just be rolling from Adam Goldberg's stories. And, and you I have still to tell are. you, I, I'm actually pretty controlled for how I usually am when I think about this story. For years, I mean years, I would think about it. Just like, just think about it. Laugh until I cried. I just like, whatever the funny bone is, it just hit mine in the perfect spot. Anyway, thank you, Adam Goldberg. Thank you, Adam Goldberg. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, coming up, I have a hack for your next tropical vacation. But first, this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, and I'm so glad that you are the one talking through this one so I can just take some deep breaths and and get serious. 
You're still laughing. All right, Sarah, this is, you know, not for everybody, but if it's for you, you'll very much appreciate it, which is to get a prescription snorkel mask. So having um, been in Puerto Rico a lot recently, you and I have had the opportunity to go snorkeling and I have really bad eyesight. And on our first snorkel trip, I was very concerned about would there be a prescription mask? And they had one, but they only had one. So I got it because I was the first to ask. But then, for instance, you didn't get a prescription snorkel mask or anybody else who needed one on the boat. (laughs) And so because I thought, okay, we hopefully are going to be spending a lot more time in the tropics now, I ordered a prescription mask online. You don't need to get your exact prescription. If you know what it is, you just Google prescription mask. You look, they have different levels of strength and you order what's best for you. I think it's about $50. Maybe one is $75. So pretty affordable because also if you have to rent it, you know, it's $25 usually. And it makes snorkeling so great. I mean, obviously to be able to see clearly and it's pretty easy to pack. Yes. And you will be using it later this week in the Grand Caymans because we are snorkeling over a shipwreck, which is like so exciting. Yes, we are. As one of our 20th anniversary activities, we are going snorkeling (laughs) over a shipwreck. Yay. And finally, Sarah, every week one of us is going to recommend a book, a podcast, TV show, a movie. Um, And this week you have a book recommendation. Yes. So we on Women's Murder Club actually worked with a writer named Matt Witten. And he's a TV writer, but he also writes books. I think we talked about his book, The Necklace, at some point, um, which I loved. But he has a new book out. It's called Killer Story. It's so great. I listened to it on Audible, and, and his reader is really, really good. I really like listening to her. But the most exciting for me thing about the book is that he named a character after me, which is different than the character being based on me. He emailed a long time ago and said, I have this character. I just want to be clear. She is not based on you. She is not supposed to be you. But I gave her your name. And usually I change names if I give people the names of someone I know, but I'm kind of attached to it. So do, do you mind if I keep your name as this character's name. And of course, I was like very flattered and thrilled. So he did. But I have to say, listening to a book on Audible, when your name is one of the characters' names, <laughs> it's a little disconcerting because you're hearing like Sarah Faye and this and Sarah Faye and that. Like, <laughs> it was it was very, very strange, but I loved it. And so I want to thank Matt for using my name. It's such yes. a good book. Yes. Killer Story by Matt Witten. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And please send us your favorite segments and ideas and tips from these 300 episodes. Thanks for listening. And please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole 30s, Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Spain and Liz is at Liz Kraft. 
Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. We especially enjoy it when we have this view. I know. We have crystal clear water, Sarah. You can see everyone swimming. I say we wrap this up and hit the beach. Head into Turks and Caicos. I like it. Yes. From the Onward Project.